because today what I'm going to be talking about is, I don't know if I actually talked about this or not before. Like I actually don't, I literally was trying to think about it and I don't remember. So hopefully I didn't, but I might have. But a few months back, I actually went to an Abraham Hicks uh, retreat or whatever you call it in person, right? So I was in person at an Abraham Hicks event. We went with the girls and it was so freaking good. I actually saw uh, Abraham in like in person and well in the flesh right and there multiple people went up to the stage and basically the whole time she kind of just um, tailored the the training like she doesn't hold a speech or anything like that she just brings people to the stage and basically answers their questions and starts going off on a tangent on that and I got so much value from that I literally have like pages and pages of notes from that seminar so I just wanted to go through um, some of the things that I learned, it's going to be kind of random based on what she talked about. Um, but I, I, I feel like there's a lot of value in the things that she taught. I don't know if I, does anybody remember if I talked about that or not? Hopefully not, but I, I don't think I did. I think I did some value videos, but I don't think I did on Wake Up With W Fab. Oh, I did? No, I, I don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> but yes, it was so cool to be actually, to be able to attend Oh, maybe somebody else did. Okay, so I'm sure the things that they wrote down will all be the same. So we'll get some value from it today. But um, for me, it was a really cool experience. And she talked about a lot of different things. And I'm just going to get into some of the stuff that she talked about. So she said, do you often get offended by ease? Right? Do you often get offended by ease? So many people get offended by, by something being easy, maybe not consciously, but even subconsciously, by something being easy or a path of least resistance or a path of ease or something flowing to you without any without much effort attached, right? And oftentimes we get into this pattern because we don't believe that things should come to us easily. We, we, we have this kind of uh, we have this duality in society where people say, yes, attract everything that you want, but then we have this other duality where it's like work hard for everything that you want, right? And it's almost like, y'all ever feel like we get so much information in this world that you're like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what's right anymore. Like, that's, that's how, drop one in the chat if you ever felt like that. You're like, oh, like, bro, there's so much, even just now this morning when we talked about the gratitude, okay? There's so many different ways to do gratitude. There's so many different ways to become successful what's right is it this way or is it that way should i be doing this or should i be doing that like even in 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 health like recently i've been binging on like a lot of health content so i'm just going to move my chair but i've been binging on a lot of um health related content so the food that we consume fragrances different stuff like that i've been binging on that a lot for some reason and it's so overwhelming like i just feel like there's so much information out there are oils bad for you? Are they good for you? Is meat good for you? Is meat bad for you? Are vegetables, but now there's things saying vegetables are freaking bad for you and they're trying to kill you. And I'm like, bro, like our laundry detergent is, is toxic. Our candles are toxic. It's like water bottles, even regular water is not toxic. We have to drink salt if we want to actually absorb. Like it's just so much. Like, bro, it's so much to the point where you're like, hey, what do I even do anymore? Like, where do I even start? And I feel like that. I went on a tangent here, but I feel like that in the personal development space. And if you are feeling like that, I, I think just take what work, what feels right to you, because not everything is going to feel right to you. There's going to be some things that may have helped somebody gain so much success and make so much money. But that when somebody tells it to you, you're like, ah, 
I'm not feeling that. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right to me. Not that I don't feel like doing it, but it just doesn't feel in alignment. Like that's not the life that I want to live. Like some people wake up at 4 a.m. and have a freaking morning routine at 4 or 5 a.m. Personally, that's not the life that I want to live, right? There's nothing against it. It's not a bad thing. I think it's an amazing thing. Personally, it's not for me, right? So choose things that are good for you that you feel aligned with, right? So everything that we talk about, I wake up with W Fab and in the books and in the videos, if you hear it and you're like, ooh, like I like that. Or, oh, that makes sense. Like, like Sarah just heard that from, from the book and like, oh, that really makes sense. I really like that. I really resonate with that. And then follow your gut from there. Okay. So she talks about this thing about getting offended by ease and, and, and being so uh, like resistant to things being easy and that we overwork ourselves. And a lot of times, and this has happened in my career too, you work so hard because you don't actually believe that you're going to get what you're working for, right? Like there was a point in my network marketing career where I was stuck in a rank for like six to eight months, I think, something like that. And I just couldn't get past that rank. I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past it. And I, I was working my butt off like crazy. And I was like doing so many calls. I remember going on a trip with uh, two of my mentors at the time and my schedule was like 10 times more packed than theirs. Every like minute I was leaving the room to go do a call while they were just chilling there talking. Of course they had calls too, but not crazy. They had one or two calls a day, you know, but not insane levels of amounts of calls like I was doing. And I was just like, hey, like both of these people are wealthier than me. Both of these people are more successful than me. Like, why am I like doing, like I realized I was doing so much because even they're like, what's wrong with you? Like you can't be doing that much. And Again, it's nothing against hard work. Hard work is amazing when it's inspired. When it's inspired. When you feel the inspiration and it gives you this like push to work hard, that is the best kind of hard work. It doesn't mean that it's not hard, right? Sometimes you, have y'all ever been so inspired that like you just like stay up for like till like 4 a.m. like cleaning your house or like organizing a closet or like you, it's not, like you're, yes, it's hard work. You're tired, your back might hurt, your knees might hurt, but like you kind of did it out of inspiration is you got this inspirational spurt to clean or you got this inspirational spurt to write something or you got this inspirational spurt to make something. Y'all ever got lost in making something like a physical thing, like a, a piece of jewelry or like a piece of art. You ever get like lost in it? It doesn't mean that it's not hard work. It's inspired hard work, right? But sometimes the hard work that we have is not inspired. And it's in alignment with a lot of resistance. And the harder that we work, the more that we block, right? Because the way that the law of attraction works is three, three steps. Number one, you ask. Number two, source answers. And number three, you have to let it in. So you ask, you're given, but you have to let it in. And letting it in implies ease. And you got to feel good about your, you got to feel good enough about yourself to do that, to let something in with ease. Sometimes solutions will come to us on a silver platter and you're like, yo, it can't be that easy. And you literally like, you basically reject it. You're like, it can't be that easy. It can't be that simple that like, I literally just asked for this and it's coming straight to me. It can't be that simple. 
that seems like a scam. That seems like it's some, something's up with that. I don't trust that. Let me go this way and work harder. A lot of times we do that without even realizing it. So let things in with ease, but you got to feel good about yourself to do that and not think that you have to work so hard enough for something to receive something or for someone to pick you. You're the one that receives the benefit when you stop doubting yourself. When you stop doubting that things can come to you easily, that you're the lucky girl, that you're the lucky guy, that things can flow to you, that you're the creator of your own universe and you can allow things with ease. And you got to realize at the same time that at, like letting things with ease, things being effortless doesn't mean that there's no effort. That's another thing. Sometimes we get so caught up with, with this uh, law of least effort that we think, okay, we don't got to do anything. There's nothing that we got to do, right? It's just going to be easy. But effortless doesn't mean no effort. It means less effort. So we're not trying to eliminate effort. We're trying to have less of that effort that doesn't make us feel good. Right, somebody, I think Shalana put in the chat and you feel so good afterwards when you like stay up till 4 a.m. to clean your room or whatever, right? Like that's, that's a good effort. You feel good about it. You feel happy that you did it. But I'm sure there's things in your life that you've done that the effort doesn't feel good. It feels resistant. It feels draining. It feels depleting. It feels like you just, you don't feel good about it, right? So you're trying to have less effort. It's not the path of no resistance. It's the past path of least resistance. So that's another thing that she said, which I thought was groundbreaking. Like realize the path of least resistance doesn't mean that there's no resistance. It's the law of the universe. You're always going to have a certain level of a disappointment factor in your life, always. Wherever you stand, you're always going to have a level of disappointment because there's always going to be more than, than where you are right now. There's always going to be more than what you have right now. There's always going to be more that you want, that you want to create, that you want to make, that you want to build in this life. You're always, she says, ro uh, uh, launching rockets of desire. Launching rockets of desire, right? When something negative happens to you, what do we do? We basically launch a rocket of desire. If I'm, something happens to me, like your, your man does something or your friend does something or, uh, you know, something happened in the street or whatever, or at work and you don't like it. Well, you know what you do? You're launching a rocket of desire for something that is other than that. So let's say your man, uh, uh, doesn't open the car door for you and you don't, you, you want him to be more chivalrous or whatever the word is right? So that resistance, that thing that you don't really like, you can use that to launch a rocket of desire to get what you want, to get somebody that opens the door for you. It could be the same person. It could be a different person, right? And uh, uh, Flora even talks about this sometimes, and I've been doing this, or she doesn't talk. She talked about this on our podcast uh, that I was filming. We didn't, we didn't post it yet, but she said that sometimes when she gets in a fight with her family or like something like that really, really bothers her, she will walk out of the room and then literally 
reinvent the situation as if it didn't just happen and how she would want it to happen. So she takes the resistance, the negative thing in her life, and then she basically erases it and repaints how she would have wanted that situation to play out. So she was in her kitchen, got an argument with her mom or her dad or whatever. And instead of like lashing out and yelling and whatever, she walks out of the room and she changes how she would have wanted her mom or her dad to approach her, how she would have wanted that conversation to go. If she was in the ideal state and, 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 and vibrating high, how would have that situation played out? She plays that in her head. So that's taking the resistance, something that we don't like in our life and creating a rocket of desire. Right, Kind of like what Sarah was saying this morning, focusing on what it is that you want rather than what it is that you don't want. But using that resistance, because there's always going to be resistance. Always. You can't have a life with no resistance. Because again, you're always going to have something more that you want. Therefore, there's something right now that you may not want. There's always going to be somewhat of a gap between where you are and the things that you desire. That's life. Life is creation. We are always creating. We are always trying to create more, more love, more things, more abundance. So there's always gonna be a little bit of a gap between where we are right now and what we're trying to create. So understand that there will always be resistance. You gotta be at peace with that. But the path of least resistance, again, doesn't mean no resistance, but it means that you're trying your best to get into a state of allowing as often as you can. So as much of the time as you can, you're trying to put yourself in a state where things flow to you and you allow things to come to you and, and, and things are going and flowing and things are, things are, the river is moving. That's what you're trying to get yourself in a state of, right? Not that there's no resistance. So if there's resistance, don't think you're doing anything wrong, but use that resistance to your advantage to, to launch a rocket of desire for what it is that you do want, right? And We've been raised in, in this environment that has been getting us to do things that we don't want for a long time. That's what we've been raised in. That's, that's kind of normal. You got to do what you got to do mindset, right? Getting us to do things that we don't want for a long time. This concept of, you know, a selfishness is really bad. This concept, like these things that we've been taught is always for us to conform to other people, to do things that we may not want to do. And we associate failure, failure when we don't do that. And we also get really defensive, right? She said, um, she said, uh, 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 like, we always have to explain where it is that we are, right? When we feel that there's an imbalance. So there was somebody like uh, that was on stage that she asked, she asked them like, um, are you being a victim right now? Right? And the person was like, no, 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 I'm not being a victim. And no, she's like, that's you being defensive. Again, everything is being defensive. So we always try to explain where we are, okay? So you feel an imbalance in your life, right? There's a gap, like we talked about, and you always wanna explain the gap to other people, always. Let's say you got ready super quick and your hair like doesn't look as good as you wanted it to look. And somebody says, oh my God, your hair looks so nice. The first thing you're gonna say, oh, like I didn't have a lot of time to do it. it. I had to do it like, I had to do it in like 10 minutes. Da -da -da, oh, I messed up this part or really, did you notice? That's the first thing that we, like most of us, that's the first thing that we do. Like, let's be real. You always wanna explain for why something is not perfect, right? Or in our life, 
let's say our business is not going as well as we want it to. We always want to explain where, well, you know, I haven't been motivated or like, you know, this thing happened. I've just been so busy because of this and that, or I just said, like, you, you always want to explain why you are where you are. Always. That's a human nature. Like we feel an imbalance and we try to explain why, but we don't have to do that. It's okay to just be where we are. When you explain why, you're kind of confirming and validating all the negative things again. Instead of when somebody just compliments your hair, even if it's not perfect, just say, thank you. Even if somebody, something about your business, affirm the good things, right? What's going well? What are you working towards rather than what's not going well? What's your focus for the month? Right? And she says, this is, a, this is a bar right here, ready? Because so many of us get caught up in this. You can become an advocate for wanted without being a protester for not wanted. Let me, let me say this again. You can become an advocate for wanted. So that means that you can become an advocate for all the things in life, in the universe, in the world that you want without being a protester for all the things that you don't want, for all the things that are not wanted. So you can focus on the things that you want without hyper-focusing on rejecting, um, protesting, getting mad at, getting irritated at the things that you don't want. I think that's so powerful because so many of us get caught up in that. The, 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 the arguing with, the battling against the things that we don't want rather than advocating and uplifting the things that we do want. And she also said, satisfaction comes from one place. When you're moving in the direction of your desire, when you're moving in the direction of your desire. And the vortex, she explained the vortex is she describes it that the, the, it's the way that the law of attraction is gathering the cooperative components and holding them there in this vortex of everything that you want. Because she always talks about this vortex, right? And that's the, the word that she came up with, right? Where the law of attraction will gather everything that you want and hold it in this place called the vortex that you have access to. You can become an advocate for the wanted without being a protester for the unwanted. There, I'm gonna send it to you, right? And she also said that a victim feeling person has everything blocked, okay? A victim feeling person has everything blocked. The vortex is a shopping part of everything you want in life. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, she must have said that somewhere. That's good. I love that, right? So when you see people that are not, so this is, the, this is in relation to the victim, victim mindset. When you see people, and this happens so much, like especially for the people that work hard, for the people that really work hard, this is a triggering point for you. When you see people receiving and having and getting things that you may want or abundance or, or whatever 
beautiful things in their life, when you see them thriving, but they're not giving any particular level of effort, it triggers the victim person. It triggers the hardworking person, right? They, they be like, like when you see somebody who's wealthy, but may not work like crazy, or you see somebody who has a beautiful love life, but they didn't really have to like, they didn't really do much to get it. Or you see whatever, whatever the thing is, whatever beautiful thing they have in their life. When you see somebody thriving, but they're not giving up a lot of effort to get that thriving, you think, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. And I work so hard. And look at that. You build resentment. Some of you hard workers, and I'm, listen, I know because I've been there. Some of you hard workers have a lot of resentment towards the people that have things flowing easier than you. You have a lot of resentment. You look at other people and you have a little, you, you may not say it out loud, but in the back there, you're like, damn, this person got it so fucking easy, bro. This person got it so easy. They got a beautiful house or they got a beautiful family or they got a rich husband or they got money coming to them easily or they don't got to do anything and they're just getting paid. They got it so easy. And you build some resentment. And the resentment is from your hard work because you feel like they are not working as hard as you, but they're getting more, but you deserve more because you're working hard. But in reality, that person typically has done more inner work than you have. Because there's two different types of work. There's the physical work where we sit down and we, we grind and we work hard and we, we, we create something in the physical space, but too many of us are way too distracted and I've been there, listen, I, I get distracted too. <laughs> I get the curse of scrolling sometimes too, right? So too many of us are so distracted. We're so stimulated all the time that we don't actually sit down to do the inner work because we're, stim we're stimulated like 99% of the day. And I realized this. I realized this because when I'm with my boyfriend, I am so present. I am so present that it's almost like, I'm like, how am I not this present when I'm alone, when I'm at my house, when I'm, it's only when I'm with him because you're in a relationship and out of respect for the relationship, you want to give the person attention and, and time. And, you know, you're not going to be on your phone. You're not going to be doing other shit while you're spending quality time with them. Right. And it's, I'm always so present. Same thing with him. He's so present when he's with me. And we're never like that because your mind is always stimulated. Think about it. The TV, the news the Instagram, the, 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 the millions of people, not millions, a, a bunch of people you talk to every single day, the people at work, the traffic, the this, the that, like you're always stimulated. Like you're stimulated 99% of the time that you don't even get like a, like, like, we, like how many of us eat in silence? Nobody, like, let's be real. Like probably majority of you do not eat in silence. What do we do? Put on a show put on the TV, put on a music, uh, a be with friends, right? Or like, I know for me, I'd be putting on, I love, I love watching a little YouTube video while, while, I'm, while I'm eating. Like I, that's what I like to do, but we're not being present. We're not being mindful. We're always stimulated. We're always being stimulated. It doesn't even give us a chance to think. Do you, do you notice yourself getting bored? Like I get so bored. Like the other day I was driving like a, um, when I was in Montreal, I think, or like, I forget when I was driving and I'm like, yo, I'm bored. And I took out my phone and then I realized, bro, you're driving. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? 
You're driving. But I'm bored of driving. Because we're so we, we're so used to being so stimulated that we're never really alone with ourselves. Even when we're in the shower, we'd be playing music, we'd be playing, I don't know about you, but I'd be playing audios, which again, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to ingest knowledge and, and learn and all these things, but there needs to be moments of silence. There needs to be moments where you're alone with yourself so that you can do the inner work. You can have the thoughts, you can process through it. And I was watching, you know, I've been watching a lot of this health stuff and these like this yoga, this yoga couple came on my feed that eats only like 90% fruits and, and no oil, no sugar diet and like, like 90% raw. Anyways, it was like interesting. And so they're like yoga instructors. And obviously I'm like binge watching because I'm like, I don't know what it is about this health kick. I've been like going crazy about it. But I found out how to make my own perfume, by the way, because perfumes are really toxic. So anyways, stay tuned for that. But anyways, um, they were saying it about yoga. They were saying um, like you, they're yoga instructors and do, they do like Zoom classes for yoga. And they're like, we, we can't, yoga is a self-practice, okay? It's not based on, on a God or a religion or a, a, a deity or something that tells you what to do. It's based on, based on inner. And I thought that was really beautiful. He was saying, we can't teach you because your guidance is within you. He's like, he's like, it's all within you. You just got to listen to yourself. We are not your teachers. We are just facilitators. The guidance is within you. And I thought that was so beautiful. And it's so true, right? All of our guidance is within, even this morning, like it's because I'm always ingest, ingesting, obviously this morning I was listening to, um, a nine minute interview with three billionaires asking them like after they retired and sold their companies, like asking them about life, like happiness, things like that. And where was I going with this? Wow, I just go on tangents. Hold on, what did I say right before this? I was talking about the yoga guy and inner self. What did the billionaires say? Oh my God, sorry. My ADHD brain, see that? Hold on, I said the yoga instructor, everything is in self, self guy. Oh, the billionaire. So he asked him, this was the, the owner of, um, I forget the company name. Anyways, one of them was Uggs and one of them was something else. And they asked him, what would you do if you wanted to start a business now? And the guy's like, the guy's like, you gotta follow your gut. He's like, you gotta follow your gut and your intuition. Like that, that's your guidance system. A lot of people try to think through everything, but your gut and your in, internal guidance system is the one that's gonna come up with a good idea. That's what's, that's what's going to come up with it. And so all look, the yoga instructor, the billionaire, Abraham, like, like all of them are kind of saying the same thing of you have to do that inner work because it's within you. What is best for you is already within you. You got to know that it's already within you, but you got to quiet your mind enough to actually feel it. Right? So when you look at somebody going, let's go back to Abraham, because I kind of went on a, on a tangent there. Okay, let's go back to Abraham. When we're in a victim mindset, when we're looking at somebody who has all this abundance and they got it easily and they got it better than us, we are putting ourselves in a victim mindset. And a victim feeling person, a, a person who feels like a victim will always have everything blocked. You got to understand that. Everything's going to be blocked for you, right? Everything's going to be blocked for you. You got to switch that. And I always say this, when I see abundance to me, it's an indicator that that is possible for me. It's an indicator. 
I, when I, I have some rich friends, bro. And every time I'm around my rich friends, I'm like, I, I, I love, I bask in their, in their, in their energy. And I, and I always praise them and I always praise how everything it comes to them easily and how they have a beautiful life. And I always praise it because I think it's a beautiful thing that they didn't have. Like, I think it's brilliant that they could have things come easier to them. And it's because of, I believe, inner work. It's because of high vibrations. It's because of the things that they've done on the inside that I can learn from if I admire, but I block if I have a victim mindset, right? And she said at the event, she's like, be one of the hated few who gets everything that they want, right? Who gets everything that they want because of your vibe, because the way that you're vibrating and the way that you're, um, the way that you're looking at other people's abundance. Be one of the few that gets everything that they want, okay? So, she also talked about meditating and that's how you quiet your mind, right? We taught, and you guys know the benefits of meditation, med meditative practices. I'm not the best meditator, but it is a part of my routine. Um, and I try to do it more and more. My brain is always scrambling, but I try to do it more because I know that that quiet work is really like where you can get a, alignment with yourself, right? And so she talked about what, what meditating really is. The, she said the value of meditating is be is to be consciously aware of releasing resistance. Okay, yeah, literally, <laughs> to be consciously aware of releasing resistance. So somebody asked her about falling asleep, and she said, "When you're asleep, you're not aware. So it's not meditation, right? Because you're not consciously aware." that you're releasing resistance, right? So the value of meditating is to be consciously aware when you're releasing that resistance. But if you fall asleep, you're not aware. But as Abraham teaches, sleeping does also release some resistance. If you're having a super, super really uh, negative day or like having a whole bunch of negative things happening to you, having a nap is actually a really good thing to do. If you just cannot get out of that destructive loop of thoughts that are constantly like, you know, the spiral downwards, when we talked about the emotional guidance scale, when you have that spiral downwards and the emotion gets lower and lower and lower and lower, and you can't seem to break yourself out of it, you can't seem to start thinking positively, you can't seem to kind of fix it. Meditating is a great choice, but taking a nap is a great choice too, right? Taking a nap is, is a great way to reset like a 20 minute nap, 45 minute nap, hour and a half nap, nap, by the way, I recommend you guys search NASA nap. Okay. NASA nap on YouTube. They have this, like, um, it's a, it's a 90 minute audio. You'll have the best nap of your life. I'll tell you right now, the best nap of your, I swear to God is the best nap of your life. 90 minutes, give yourself an hour and a half and put this NASA nap music on. And at the end, it slowly like wakes you up with like birds chirping. It's so good. Like is is the best nap music. Yeah, search NASA nap. It's like, Na I don't know if NASA came up with it, but it's so good. Someone is arguing my live. I can't read it right now, but okay. So next thing. Um, I don't know what I want to talk about next because there was, hold on. There was one part that was really good that I wanted to mention and there's a lot of stuff here. Hold on. I was going to talk about, um, hold on. 
Uh, okay. This one. So I'm gonna leave this one, this one part for last, but the next part that she talked about, okay, this I thought was so interesting, okay? And I hopefully, hopefully it's not taken the wrong way by whoever's listening, because definitely my words have been misconstrued before, but hopefully it's not taken the wrong way. But somebody asked Abraham about diseases, right? Or I don't know if it's classified as disease, but, but um, some people, somebody asked about dementia, which is a disease, and then somebody asked about autism, okay? Which I'm not sure if that's classified as a disease. I don't think it is, but um, basically they asked about this and they're like, how do you feel like, positive when you're around somebody who has like a, a disease like this so the one of the first people their uh mom had dementia right and my uh my grandparents also had dementia before they passed away okay so i know it, it's very difficult it's a very difficult thing to deal with right alzheimer's and dementia very very hard just very difficult like it's so frustrating and i, I think a lot of the times like um Sorry, I don't, I don't want to tear up thinking about it, but like in my family, you know, we didn't live with our grandparents because they're back home. So my parents, other siblings did. And sometimes they would look at the siblings and they'd be like, oh, like they're so rude. They were so rude to them. They were so rude to the person with dementia or Alzheimer's. But I also say, not that they were like maliciously rude, but I also say, understand that like being, visiting somebody with dementia once a year and then also living with a person and being their primary caretaker every single day for three years is going to have a different toll on your mental state, right? Like, and so like, you got to under, you got to have compassion for that. I would tell my parents that you gotta have compassion for that. They're not being rude. It's exhausting. Like it's mentally exhausting uh, for that person. And it's, it's heartbreaking because you think about it, what, maybe once a week, they think about it every second of their day because they're living with a person. And they're, it's their husband, it's their father, it's their mother, it's their wife, it's whatever, right? Like, it's a very difficult thing to deal with. And so, um, obviously, this, what I'm going to say, what Abraham said, take it how you will. Again, it's not meant to be an, a, a dismissive at all, because I know this is such a complex thing to deal with. But I thought it, her kind of take on it was really beautiful. So I wanted to share it with you guys. So she said, you can't change your mom's dementia but you can change your vibrational response to it, okay? You can change your vibrational response to it. You're the creator of your response to life, meaning that you create, you can't create circumstances, but I mean, you can't control the circumstance, but you can control your response to it. You're the creator of that, right? And you didn't get to this point in your life like this. You just flip your fingers and you get here like this. You didn't get, you didn't get here like that, right? So you're also not going to, release all of your resistance all at once like that right meaning your resistance could be the the, uh, uh, um, the mom that has dementia it could be different things in your life it doesn't matter what you're not going to re release and not feel that resistance all at once but it can get a little bit better every single time right just a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better so don't expect things to be like a light switch and immediately disappear from your life like uh, the feelings, the feelings of resistance, the feelings of resentment or anger or frustration or sadness. Don't expect those feelings to completely disappear, right? Because, and also remember that there's always, there always going to be some of that, right? But you think that in order to solve a problem, you have to, you have to solve 
the, the thing that's there, right? You have to solve the emotion. But she says, you, in order to solve a problem, you improve, uh, sorry, she, she said, in, you think that in order to solve a problem, you have to fix the situation, right? If I want to solve this problem, I got to fix the situation so that I feel better about it. But instead, you actually have to improve your emotion and then everything around you will adjust to your point of attraction, okay? But the re so you're going to change the way you feel towards it and that's going to adjust your point of attraction. This is for everything, not just that specific situation. We'll circle back to that situation. But, and I thought this was so powerful. She said, but you'd rather be right than feel good. And I was like, damn. That was a good one. You'd rather be right than feel good. So you'd rather feel negatively be, negatively about something, right? Anything in your life. You'd rather, you got the wrong order at, at, at Tim Hortons. You'd rather be angry about that because you want to be right, or Tim Hortons or Starbucks for the Americans, right? You want to be right that, that, that they got it wrong. They messed it up. You want to be right. And you'd rather be right than feel good. And I was like, yo, that is a bar because we choose being right over feeling good so many times in our life. We choose it all the time. We'd rather be right. But being right doesn't always make us feel good. So defending a position that you don't want will always hold you in a place where you don't let solutions come in, where you don't let beautiful things come in if you're defending a position that you don't even want you don't want a negative experience with your mother you don't want a negative experience at starbucks you don't want a negative experience here or there but you could you will defend it you will argue over it you will you will literally like fight over it to defend so that you're right on this position but when you're doing that you're not allowing the positive things to come in whether it's solutions or emotions or amazing things you're not allowing them so when you change the way you feel about it, right? You change your point of attraction and then everything around you slowly starts to change. And she circled back and, and talked about, cause somebody else asked about people with autism, right? And I thought this was so beautiful and it kind of goes with, with maybe dementia as well, but I thought this was so beautiful about what they said with people that have any sort of um, disabilities, like, uh, like whether it's physical, or mental, but more whatever, right? Like she talked about people with autism and I thought it was just a beautiful thing to say. So she said, uh, cause somebody asked about that. I think their son had, was autistic. And um, she said, you have to accept that they're powerful, right? They're powerful because you know why? They are so different that you could not demand their conformity. They're so different that you could not demand their conformity. Meaning you can't demand them to be like you. You can't demand them to be like everybody else. You can't. So many people in our life are bullied into a different approach, into a different way of being, into a different attitude, in a different... So many people are literally bullied into living a different type of life, a different approach to life, by the people who feel that they need to control others in order to feel good, by, by your parents, by your peers, by society, by anybody in your life. So many of us change the way that we approach life because we're 
We're made to feel that we have to, we have to conform, we have to change. But the people with autism are be like, I'll, are like, I'll just be so unchangeable that they're going to have to adjust to me. And I was like, damn, they are so themselves that you can't change that. You can't change their authenticity. And I thought that was, that, I thought that was so powerful. She said, society will adapt to me and it is what it is. And in a society where we have this law, this assumption of conformity, we have this flawed view that, you know, we all want the same thing and, and then we have to all be the same way and we have to all, we have this flawed view that if we all wanted the exact same thing, we wouldn't fight. Don't we think that in society, if we all wanted the same thing, if we had all the same opinions, we wouldn't fight. But when we're all the same, we, when we become all the same, we will literally cease to exist. Because there'll be no variety to choose from. And she said, if you could tap into their, she was talking about autistic people, if you could tap into their all rightness with who they are, the world will unlock for you. And I just thought that was so powerful. Like if you could tap into their all rightness with who they are, everything would unlock for you. Everything. Okay. So take that, take that lesson um, from people that are different and cannot conform to be the same that their all rightness with who they are is powerful. Their identity, their, 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 um, uh, their, uh, their view of themselves is powerful. And I think it's a beautiful thing that, it's a beautiful lesson that we can learn from them. Okay, and I, and I think it, it, it stems across so many spectrums, you know? We get frustrated because we can't change other people, but it's not our, it's not our responsibility to change anybody. And yeah, so uh, one last thing that I wanted to add is when she said that there would be no variety if everybody was the same. She said, in life, you have to have contrast, right? You have to have negative things. You have to have things that you don't like because otherwise, how would you choose? Would you wanna go to a buffet with only one thing? Right? Would you want to go to a buffet with only one thing? If that buffet only had banana pudding, right? Only had banana pudding. No. And what she's saying is you don't go to a buffet and say, I don't like this. Can you please remove it? Because I don't like it. And other people shouldn't like it either. You just let it be there and you let it be there for whoever chooses it and wants it and likes it. And you go and you put on your plate whatever it is that you want. That's, that's what life is. There's always gonna be contrast because if there was no contrast, there'd be no variety and there'd be no choices. So isn't it beautiful that we get variety and what I like, you may not like, and what you like, they may not like. 
the variety is beautiful, okay? So that's some lessons that I learned from that. There was more, but I didn't even get through half of it because I went on tangents there. But I hope you guys got some value out of today's call. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you guys can share this on your stories if it meant anything to you and tag us. Um, thank you for listening. And I hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful Thursday.